Welcome to a new episode of the Mystery Podcast. Today I'm joined by former NK grads Preston Davidson and Spencer Capitani. They're going to talk about their times in college. Actually, both of them went to school and played college athletics in what was formerly known as the Iowa Conference, um, two Division three schools in Iowa. They going to talk a little bit about their careers and kind of how they've got to the point they are now. Um, both of them have very similar majors, but very different career paths and where they're at, um, both geographically and in what they do. And then we wrap up with some NBA talk. Um, we're all three pretty big sports fans, um, like give each other a hard time, um, breaking down each playoff matchup and eventually who we think is going to win the finals. Um, we hope to get together and do this again soon. We, we had a good time. Um, other things that are in store for the pod, I know Coach Rindle has brought up some ideas of trying to incorporate some current NK sports, so we're going to try to come up with some new things as the year starts and gets closer here, so make sure you're keeping your eye out for some new episodes and some big things we hopefully have in store. Hey everybody, today I'm with two NK grads, Preston Davidson and Spencer Capitani. How are you two doing today? Good man, bright and early. Great, Brandon, thanks for having me. You bet. So, we got a lot of things we're going to talk about today, but um, you two both being pretty athletic when you were in school and that being a priority in your lives, we're going to talk a little bit about, um, about your time at NK and then a little bit about your education and some of your career um, aspirations that you have right now. So Preston, we'll start with you. What's your current career path look like? What are you up to these days? I am farming with my family, uh, corn and soybeans. And then in the winters, I substitute teach. I'm sure some of your students have had me and hopefully had a good experience. Oh, yeah. So are you, you, you're subbing, are you planning on doing that this year with all this craziness going on too? Yes. So uh, my wife teaches in Austin public school and their plan right now is to do face to face normal learning. And so we were talking and it doesn't really make sense for me to stay home and try to quarantine if she's when she is, you know, coming in contact. Exactly. And then we come home and. We're in close proximity to each other. So, yeah, until, unless things change, I'm going to keep subbing just because I know there's a big need for it. And I enjoy spending time with the kids and hopefully having a positive impact on their lives and everything. So, and making yep, the I'm big gonna, bucks, too. I'm going right? to sub like normal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The big, the big bucks. <laughs> How about you, Spencer? What are you up to these days? Well, unfortunately... As pretty much everyone's seen, college football um, around the country is not looking good, at least for 95% of it. Um, so I'm out here trying to find a purpose. So I've been, we've all been talking about in the office, man. Like, you know, you spend all year doing all the stuff we do. Um, not to have a season, it's pretty disappointing. Now, it's, it's my first August and probably forever that I – literally have nothing to do and you know normally be in camp right now so being home more and she's got a dog and uh hanging out with her a little bit and and uh you know the lady and it's been good but Mm -hmm. it's still unique yeah um i miss 
I miss it. So, yeah, I was talking to your dad yesterday. I'm like, it probably is the first first fall in Spencer's life that he's doesn't know what to do with himself. No, football it's, is life this time of year. It, you know, fall camp is always a grind. So there's a little part of me, you know, that like. It's like, wow, you know, it's just a little bit more relaxing. Mm-hmm. Um, not quite the everyday locked in, zero sleep type of, you know, moment. But, you know, we'll be back at some point, I'm sure. Yep. Hopefully in the near future. There's mm-hmm. people out there that are smart enough, hopefully figure this stuff out. Yeah. No and uh, we'll be back to normal. But For sure. So what did each of you guys do for college? Preston, you go ahead. I went to Central College in Pella, same place that Lindsay's going now. And uh, I really, yeah, exactly, exactly. Let me some of that. I, uh, I didn't exactly know what I wanted to do. I was always kind of good with numbers, people. So I chose uh, business administration as my major. It's kind of the most gen, one of the most general things you can pick. So, uh, but uh, I enjoyed that. And we can get into it as much as you want between the, the school and the sports and stuff. I know you talked earlier about athletics. Mm-hmm. I played basketball there, had a great time doing that. And actually, I used it, you know, getting my first couple jobs. I had that on my resume for a while. So it's, you know, it's not just fun and games. It can actually, you know, serve a purpose, too. Mm-hmm. And like Spencer can tell you with football, you learn a lot just from the practices and the games and everything like that. So. Well, yeah, you guys, um, the time management aspect, I can about imagine. Exactly. Like, I act like I was yep. so busy in yep. college, and I played a whole lot of Xbox and did a whole lot of nothing. You guys, obviously, <laughs> a heck of a lot more time commitment. I did that, too. Don't worry. <laughs> intermeals, <laughs> intermeals can be a grind. <laughs> oh. Yes. I don't know. So, Spencer, so, what yeah, about you? I, what were you? Ahead. Yeah, so I went and played in the same conference. Uh, I played football at Warburg. I got the exact same degree, actually, business administration. Um, I think I had I don't know, a, lead, a minor in leadership or something, some five-class thing that you did that looked good on your resume. But, uh, you know, I, I truly enjoyed my time. You know, I wanted to play sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, being a small school guy, um, you know, I loved football, been around my whole life. You know, going there, I wanted to go play somewhere that was going to win. You know, obviously, I, I gave some – Give a hard time to press about Central, you know. They but they're another big program that was always fun to play in a in a well respected place, and you know, um, you know, got to stay close to home. Family got to come watch me all the time. You know, I definitely miss it. You know, and that got me into doing what I do now. So, but no, it was a great experience um, for sure. Mm-hmm. And I know, like, obviously, Warburg's pretty close to here. Like, just by going to track meets and stuff there, seeing how nice facilities they have for a smaller school. And then my wife actually was a central grad too. So I'm pretty familiar with some of their stuff and both really nice schools for, um, options in Iowa. A lot of times people think of college athletics and they're so like set on D one athletes. If you're not playing D one sports, like what, but like, obviously you had a lot of success there and you, um, did some big things and there's so much more to it than, than, going to a Big Ten school or something like that, there's a lot of ways in which it can help prepare you, and I'm sure it's it's played a big role in the position you have right now, too, in your coaching shoes. So think about your time at NK. I know, Preston, you were a 2006 grad, right? Yes. And Spencer, you were 2011. Does that sound right? I think. 
I think you're right. Yeah, it's been a while. Been a while for both of you. So, (laughs) what are some lessons that each of you guys took from NK that you felt prepared you for life after, whether it be college, whether it be life right now for you? (laughs) I'll I'll lead off. So we'll we'll keep it the same pattern. Um, You know, the small schools versus the big schools. And my wife and I had a big talk about this because. We, and we can get through the career path later. We lived in Urbandale for a while. She's student taught all around Des Moines, getting her license. So she kind of knew the school districts that she wanted to be in and the ones she didn't. And so when we moved back to Northwood, we're weighing the benefit, the pros and cons of what does a small school like Northwood have versus a big school like a 4A in Iowa. So at Northwood, you have the ability to you know play a sport, be in band, be in choir, be in FFA, be in the chess, you know, chess club do all this sort of stuff that has a sign-up sheet to it whereas if you're at a big school there's probably tryouts and so just to be good enough to make the cut you maybe only have time for one or two extracurriculars so i think uh school does a good job it makes you pretty well-rounded you get a lot of experience you might not be as you know sharp at something as somebody who's out of a big 4a school or a town but you know you get to wear a lot of hats and you know with the with life, that's kind of, you know, having a career, uh, having kids, having a hobby, coaching a sport. You know, you're, you're juggling a lot of things. So I think Northwood does a good job preparing people for life that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's, you know, very similar things for me. You know, I think you hit on some good points there. You know, being a small school, sometimes you know, I've went back and forth, you know, at times wondering what it would have been like in a bigger school, you know, whether it's playing sports or just a bigger, you know, th- it's the bigger area, you know, people mm-hmm. all population wise. And, and, uh, but Northwood does, man, you do get the opportunity to do a lot of things. Um, you know, I think the opportunities were there. You know, I think for the most part, the community is pretty supportive. You know, I know everybody can be, you know, can mm-hmm. disagree with that to some extent, but, and have their opinions. But I, you know, for the most part, I thought, you know, when it come to whether it was athletics or any type of events, people seem to show up to for most of my, most of my life growing up and doing those things. So it was just nice to be part of that community and, uh, you know, you do go, you go out and I'm never probably going to live in a place as small as Northwood again. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, there's definitely times I miss it. You know, it's an, it's a good place. For sure. So I'll kind of throw you a curveball question here. What would you say the best and worst parts of having your dad as your high school football coach were? <laughs> uh, the, the, the best part was just the time you get to spend, mm-hmm. you know, together doing what you both love to do. That was awesome. You know, some of the worst things were probably the best things for me. You know, he, he coached me my whole life. Like it wasn't just mm-hmm. football. So the hardest part by far was when I was young and you could probably ask guys that, you know, Jordan Ryan, Cot- you know, Cotter, Bill, any of those guys that were there when I was younger, it was really hard to see him as a coach. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to fight him oh, yeah, all I the bet. time. You know, I, I would, you know, I was a little, you know, I'm not much different. I, I, I'm a little more controlled now than I used to be, but I'm just a competitor. And, you know, I would, I would argue with them and, you know, be disrespectful, even though I'm not necessarily trying to be, but it, it came across that way. And I got it. Like I it took me a while to like understand mm-hmm. that like there's two role. My, it's not easy on my dad. Like no. it was hard for that standpoint. He got, you know, he got a hard time, you know, coaching me too, when it was, you know, whether you're favoring me when I was younger mm-hmm. and those type of things. So I always felt that I had to prove myself for him just as much as myself. 
mm-hmm. you know, and that's kind of how I've always done everything, just being a little dude and typically hanging out with a lot of older guys. And I played a lot of youth sports and things with older people, and it pushed me. Yeah. And I think he was a big driving force in that. So oh, all in all, I think it's an experience that was very positive. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure sometimes it can be negative at times, but for the most part, I would have gone back and done it again in a heartbeat. Yeah, definitely. For sure. So you talked a little bit about your career path, Preston. Um, what are some of the different jobs you've worked up until this point now being a farmer? Yeah, we'll start right from the beginning because, uh, you know, obviously how do you get from a business administration degree to farming? Um, I graduated in spring of 2010 and the financial crisis, great recession, housing bubble, whatever you want to say, was like late 2008, I believe. So, and uh, I think when uh, Caitlin was on earlier, you know, she was kind of the HR guru. Mm-hmm. You guys were talking. I thought you guys, uh, you know, you should have done a better job prepping for this one, Brendan. <laughs> one thing that when you go in for an interview, um, you know, I got, before I got my first job, I got rejected probably five times. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you lose a game, you go back and look at the film, what I do wrong, yep. and how can I improve? Um, if, you know, they say, yeah, we'll call you and you get that call and then they say we've actually chosen somebody else you know take a minute and say you know you know i appreciate your time what was there something i could do better or what you know were you looking for something that i don't have Mm -hmm. and so i you know of those like five or whatever rejection calls like two people were actually willing to talk to me and say you know we like you you're just uh you're just too green i didn't have enough experience and you know part of it was because uh you know this is, I'm going to age myself here. Back before there was Indeed and all that sort of stuff, I used to go on monster.com. I used not even a website anymore. But, you know, it used to be a job listing. And uh, I was so naive. I would literally search by uh, business and then I'd go uh, salary, like 60000 and above. <laughs> I was probably shooting, you know, punching a little my weight and everything. Just I think we lost you there, Preston. Can you hear me? Yeah. And I'm in the middle of the And sticks. so, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, school ends in, uh, you know, early May. So really, you know, April is when you really start looking for a job pretty hard. Well, you know, I've been getting rejected for a month and uh, it's getting closer to where, you know, I'm not going to be in school or I'm not going to have a job. So for a year... I worked at Sears as a customer service representative. Uh, you know, I only made like $12 an hour, but I learned a lot of good skills. Mm-hmm. And, and so I did that for a year. I had that on my resume. And uh, so a year later, I go back and I got a job at Wells Fargo. I, uh, it was as a, so they'd buy like uh, foreclosed homes. They try to fix them up and they would make sure the vendors I know uh, interest or purpose to doing that, but it really got my foot in the door. I only worked there for uh, three months, but as in, you're able to see the other internal listings because, you know, they're kind of like the Celtics try to hire from within before they go out and get somebody. So I worked in that department for like three months, but I was able to see all the other job openings before they actually hit the open market. Mm -hmm. So then I got into something I kind of liked a little more, which is real estate. The the title was loan document specialist. 
but I just told everybody I was a lone processor just because, you know, you don't, mm-hmm. you want to keep it layman terms. Yeah. So I did that for about five, yeah, I did that for about five years and I really enjoyed it. It was, uh, it was fast paced. It was a combination of, uh, it was hourly, but it was also a, a bonus. And so, uh, you know, it was kind of, you get paid on, uh, your production. And at that time I didn't have a wife and kids. And so I was just working, working, working. And so I was making a lot of money just with the hourly plus the overtime plus the bonus. Mm-hmm. So, and this is what I was going to say when, uh, another thing that you really miss with, uh, Caitlin's interview, there's a lot of people who make a lot of money, but they don't like their job. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people who love their job, but don't like make a lot of money. So if I was a high school, uh, whether it's a senior or underclassman, I'm going to use this time to try to, you know, take and what I might be interested in to, to confirm that. Or, uh, you know, if you take a class and you don't like it, you know it's something you don't want to go into. Um, try to find something that, one, you like and, you know, you're passionate about and it can make a difference in the world. But also, you know, you don't, you're not just eating rice and beans, as David mm-hmm. Ramsey would say, trying to get by. Because then, you know, I've got, I've got a friend who went into uh, sports marketing, but it was so hard to climb the ladder that uh, after a couple of years of bouncing around, uh, he just uh, bit the bullet, and now he's in corporate America. So, mm-hmm. um, one of the worst things—one of the worst things you could do as a student would, uh, you know, you get through high school and you don't really know what you want to do, and so, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with going to a NIAC and stuff and getting your gen eds and stuff out of the way. But if you went to an expensive, more expensive, or a private school, kind of like a Warburg or a Central or Grinnell or whatever, and you don't have a clear path, and all of a sudden you get two, three semesters in and you change your mind. And now that's where, you know, the student debt crisis is pretty huge because mm-hmm. now all of a sudden you got a lot of student debt, but because you've changed your mind, you either dropped out or changed majors and you got no degree to show for it. So no way of paying off that debt. So yeah, just, sure. you know, something for students listening, um, you know, some. I'll, uh, I'll get off my soapbox here and let Spencer talk. I'm hijacking the pod. No, that's okay. I like the, I like the, <laughs> oh, you're good. like the, everyone thinks that you go get the degree and you're going to get your dream job right away too. Like how you might have to grind away at a couple of different stops that maybe aren't exactly what you want to do, but everything's building that resume to hopefully get to where you want to be someday as well. So that, and I like the, the thing with the debt, whether it's student debt, whether it's something else. Um, we, my wife and I actually just got a new or a uh, different vehicle for us. And we were kind of on different, wavelengths of what we wanted to spend and stuff and just i think debt has become too normalized in our country in a sense like oh it's oh, whatever yeah car payments are normal and this and that i think um that's something that a lot of people especially with student loans like find a way to make things cheaper and nothing wrong with community college if you're if you're not sure what you want to do and whatnot so we're we're what stops line you, you hear that spencer he's not going to What's that, Preston? Uh, he doesn't want anybody to know he got a minivan. Oh, I got a minivan. You're right. I did. I joined the elite club of a minivan owner. I'm not going to lie. So I, oh, my wife was dead set of, on an SUV. A lot of cup, so. cup holders in there. Oh, hey. Oh, yeah. man. You did it. I, can't, I don't know if I could do it. <laughs> so what, what places have you all coached at? What stops have you had up till your um, central Washington spot you're at now, Spencer? Yeah. So I remember being a senior in college and, Similar to Preston, what he was talking about, you know, you know, coming up, being a senior, being out with football, 
you know, I had big aspirations for what I wanted to do and, and I want to try and, and I'm still working on it, you know, continue to try and get to the highest level I can and make the most money doing what I love to do. You know, obviously that's, that's the goal. Um, but when you're, a, you know, you play division three ball. Yeah, it's a good D3 school. You know, the connections there are, are really, really, really good for, for a smaller school. And that's part of the reason I, I did choose to go there. They sold me on that when I told them what I want to do coming into college and uh but at the same time the jobs i'm looking for aren't the ones i want you know i want my foot in the door somewhere where you know we'll look really good on my resume and, and have people you know look at it and, and want to hire you and those type of things um but as i'm going through that it's probably march april and i'm starting to like kind of worry a little bit you know i didn't want to end up at some poor school that we weren't going to win just to get my first job just to do it so i ended up going to wisconsin lacrosse and working for a guy who actually recruited me to Warburg. And uh, that year went pretty poorly, not going to lie. You know, you come in there, you're all excited. You've been waiting. You've been playing for, four, you know, how many, many years. Now you think you should have been coaching three years ago because, you know, the coaches don't know as much as you. And you, that's how you are when you're young. You <laughs> oh, just yeah. go into it. You're all excited, you know. And uh, you learn a lot because a lot of what we do has nothing to do with what happens on the football field. And a lot of the whys, you know, that happen on the football field, you learn through – coaching you just spending more time with different people and watching a ton of film and you you learn a lot of things so that was a bad experience we didn't go do very well they fired him and uh fired the other warburg guy that i knew on staff and i'm sitting there there's one full-time guy with four of us you know part-time graduate assistants essentially and uh still thinking and worried wondering whether i want to do this or not it's kind of sitting in that, like, is this worth it, man? This is just not that exciting. I'm not getting paid. All my buddies just got way better jobs than me out of college. Um, but somehow they still kind of envy me because I'm around football, you know? So, I, you know, I, I, I do, and I, I get that. And so keeps me going. I get really lucky. So a dude I played against at Simpson College, um, he's actually from Shell Rock, Iowa. His name is Ryan Olson. He played receiver over there. Um, I met him a few times in college. Um his mom actually worked at the the the, uh, the bar that we would always go to on Saturdays in, in Waverly. So that's how I kind of met him up. We started building a relationship, and he was graduate assistant at Minnesota State, Mankato Receivers. And they had a spot open up, and he calls me. And this was like March. We're in the middle of recruiting to a program without a head coach. It was miserable. And he calls me and asks me if I'm interested in this opportunity. I'm like, absolutely. Got on the phone with the head coach. The next day, talked to him for a while, went well. They brought me over and, and offered me the, the spot. And that was a big-time boost in my, my career because that's a program that um, is, is unbelievably successful at the Division II level. Had, their coaches are all over the Division One world. And uh, I got to work you know, at a place we are going to win. It was a, a big-time school big, uh, and uh, just a great opportunity. And I spent two years there coaching the corners. You know, the first year, definitely learning a lot. The second year, I was, you know, almost running the whole secondary. You know, it was a great opportunity, and we were really good that year. And working for a guy named Jim Glugowski, who was the head coach at Simpson when I played at Warburg. So we, we, had, that, we had that relationship a little bit, too. And, uh, you know, it was just a great opportunity. And from there, um, I'm still getting paid, you know, not quite full-time. And uh, so I knew I needed to go get a job somewhere. It's hard to leave a place like that. Mm -hmm. And, but uh, the guy who actually coached me at Warburg also was the D.C. out at Central Washington University where I'm at now. And he called me up and you know, they just got done being the number one seed in the region and had a really good year. And, you know, asked me if I wanted to come coach the DBs and and uh, 
came out there about two years ago, a little over two years ago. And then now I've, you know, since been out there, I coach a secondary and I'm also our special teams coordinator, which at times is, it's been a great experience. Um, but there's a lot that goes on with special teams and, and a lot more responsibility and those type of things. But, you know, it's, it's been good. You know, I like it out here. We, we work with good guys and, um, same thing. You know, there's a lot of guys that have come from this place and done some big things in the coaching world. So pretty fortunate, you know, uh, you know, obviously we'd all love to be at Alabama, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I do like what I've been able to do so far and the people I've been around. So, you know, moving all the way across the country is not always easy. Uh, especially I did it for about seven months by myself, lived in a little studio apartment with one room and, and, uh, just worked a lot and, and I've slowly moved into a house now and starting to grow into hopefully a successful college coaching career. But, uh, it's a, it's a crazy business, man. Yeah. For you, know, sure. you just, some of the guys, some of the people, the, the roads they take to get where they go, they move a lot and they do a lot of things. It's not for everybody, mm-hmm. but that's definitely something that, you know, I'm trying to figure out. So Yeah, that's what I was going to say, the, the moving aspect. Obviously, you have to be ready to be prepared to, who knows, like I'm sure you never in a million years thought you'd be living out in Washington when you were where you are now. So Not at all. It's never thought. Washington, Oregon, two states that never crossed my mind. <laughs> and it's, I mean, it's beautiful out here, you know, go be able to see Seattle and the mountains and um, – that's been the coolest part. Like as much as, you know, you can, the pretty sunsets and the rolling hills of Iowa, or whatever, the mm-hmm. great plains, it's not, it doesn't compare to, no. to the, to out here. No, my sister-in-law actually just moved out to just outside of Denver. She's going to Colorado for um, grad school and like the view out of her apartment window is just like the mountains and stuff. It's a little different than seeing cornfields oh, yeah. out in the backyard every night. So Absolutely. All right, so I'm going to give you guys each one last question before we hit some NBA talk here. Um, we'll start with you, Preston. If you could go way back when, and speaking of that, we talk about aging yourself. I'm pretty sure last night when I was sending out a link for some info, Preston is the only person on this side of the Mississippi <laughs> that still uses Hotmail. So uh-huh. I didn't know if that was still a thing. But what was or what advice would you give to high school you, whether it be freshman, Preston, senior year? What would you go back and tell yourself if you could? A lot of a lot of good. Like I said I am so old now. Hopefully, I've gotten a little wiser. Um, one thing that I, I you know I still use on a regular basis today. Uh, I can't remember who said it, or maybe it's real old, but uh, uh, the whole uh, Chiefs and Indians thing. You know, too many chiefs, not enough Indians. So, you know, just tribal chiefs, the boss, and the workers. And this could be for a, for a high school student, say you get broken up into a group project where you got four, uh, you know, other classmates. And, you know, if nobody's taking the lead, you know, just try to be self-aware and say, okay, this group needs a leader. Maybe I'll be the chief. Or, if, you know, you get four other people and everybody's bossing each other around. You know, maybe you need to be the mediator and, you know, put your ego aside, you know, be willing to do the work. So just kind of, you know, be self-aware. If it, you know, that goes for everything, whether it's school or, you know, a sports team or anything like that. Um, yeah, that's, that's the one thing. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Very true. How about you, Spencer? Oh, no, that's, that's a tough one. Um, you know, that's, 
you go back and there's so many things, but I could probably say I wish I would have worked harder in school. And I mean that not, and I think sometimes, you know, we get so caught up in the things you're learning and like, well, I'm never going to use this. or I'm never going to do that. And the older I've gotten, you go through college and I've really learned that regardless of what you do, your brain and your intelligence and what you, like what you know is going to get you through far more situations than anything else. Mm-hmm. Your looks, who you know, who your daddy knows, uh, any of that stuff. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. So I would have put more into making more things important in my life than just athletics. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, I was not, I was a really good student growing up and then I got older and then I started thinking it wasn't that important because I wanted to do something with athletics and I just, I was, I was lazy. You know, mm-hmm. I find a way to, to be solid, but I didn't apply myself, you know, academically. And it's not like I needed a 4.0, but there's so much knowledge out there and there's so many things that you can learn that might help you. Mm-hmm. in some capacity, you know, going forward. And I think that's the biggest thing I would have told myself, you know, you can never be too intelligent or too smart or know enough things because you never know when you're going to need yeah, something. So sure. that would have been my advice. Well, I know too, like a lot of people are always hard on the math side of things. Like, when am I ever going to need this or that? And I know like it's not straight up algebra or anything, but like I never in a million years imagined I'd be running a roofing company where I'm doing all kinds of things with math that, like, oh man, maybe I should have paid a little better attention and kept this stuff no sharp because it, I don't math know. challenges. You know what I mean? Like, it's not even what it is. It's like it's a yeah. When you think about it, it's a challenge. Like, mm-hmm. there's a problem to solve it. You know, I think problem solving. Go for back. Sure. That's probably the biggest thing that anybody can do. Like, mm-hmm. you can solve a problem for somebody, you can have a job. Yeah. You, you you know they'll hire you. Like that's you see that all the time. Someone that's good at what they do, they get away with shit. Yeah. And that, and not only that, you like you stick with something, and like just that perseverance. That so many things yep, nowadays, you see builder. people just kind of oh, going gets tough. I give up. I whatever. Someone else can deal with it. For sure, 100%. definitely, definitely good things. So, um, for those of you who aren't familiar, um, Preston, Spencer, and I are all members of a an elite group chat of some former Northwood boys. Um, I don't know how I even got lumped in with them because it's literally all NK grads and then it's me, but probably because I teach there and kind of have some ins and outs with the Northwood life now. But we talk a lot of sports. Um, for those of you who don't know Spencer, Spencer's probably the biggest LeBron guy we've got here. And as LeBron starts to fade into the twilight of his careers, has a couple more chances for rings coming up. Um, I know Spencer's going to be watching this bubble playoff pretty hard because he um, he probably won't agree. I'm Preston, of course, is muted now. We had lots of lots of chats about who the um, basketball goat is with when the last dance was playing and stuff. And obviously, sports are a nice um, kind of break from reality right now too. So we're going to talk about just kind of the playoffs a little bit. Um, I know the first round, obviously, in the NBA, if you're an NBA fan, can kind of get pretty boring at times. There's a lot of a lot of butt kickings, for lack of a better term. But um, we'll just breeze through these with kind of what we think and then give maybe our picks for who's going to come out of each conference and whatnot. So we'll start with the East. Um, hopefully Preston joins us soon. I see he's got us muted here. But... I'll just basically go through kind of like a bracket would look. Our first matchup is Milwaukee and Orlando. What's your prediction for that series? 
You want games? How many games do you think it'll be? Yeah, we'll go say winner and how many games. I'm guessing this one's going to be a really tough one to pick. We probably got to turn this into a competition. I don't impress the I'll, I'll keep track of everything here, and we'll see who see who wins. We'll have some bragging rights on the line. We do make a, a lot of friendly wagers. Um, I'm not going to lie. I owe Preston probably way too much stuff. I think I'm like five tequilas <laughs> meals. So I better be careful what I'm betting with, but maybe I can get some of those back here. Oh, I I'm, see him. He's, he's looks Preston, like he's Preston got Preston still needs some beer for me, I think. He always <laughs> Preston just picks the team that's – by far favored to win it, and then he acts like it's some great prediction. Like he's like, <laughs> "Oh, the Warriors right, are gonna well, win." No I'm kidding. First of all, I missed the last minute because I got country internet. I got to got to clear some trees to make sure it gets all the way. Uh, I don't lose the signal. Anyway, so <laughs> uh, we talked about Spencer's career path jumping around first lacrosse, then uh, Minnesota State. You know, whatever the popular adult beverage of choice has been in the area, whether it's uh, spot a cow or something. I think Spencer owes me a couple drinks from each of his career shops. So, uh, you know, if he's if he's confident enough to to give you know say calves or the field, what am I you know I supposed to say no? <laughs> I remember a certain time. I think uh, Robert was the best player on the Rams at the time, and he said they were going to win the division outright. And I don't even think they got a wild card. So, I mean. You know, if somebody comes up and says, "Hey, I can give you twenty percent back on your money," you're going to turn them down? I don't think so. So, <laughs> and that was a that was one of those. The Rams have been bad for so long. There's finally a little hope, and I got excited. <laughs> I know how that goes. <laughs> well, Preston, maybe you can win some um, Washington Lager out here today. Now, with, with the <laughs> yeah, <event>. we'll see. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we'll go. I'll keep track of it right here. Um, obviously, we'll have the the recorded. Um, predictions too but we'll have it on paper here so we'll go we'll go series by series and then obviously as the rounds progress we're gonna have different picks I'm assuming but we'll see um, and keep track that way so we'll start with um, East 1-8 matchup Milwaukee versus Orlando let's say I'll start here I'm gonna say Bucks and four it's pretty obvious that um, Orlando doesn't have the horsepower to make that a series so what are your guys's predictions in that um yeah i think i think four is probably a good good prediction with that bucks and four i think the bucks are gonna be pretty motivated you know Giannis out there headbutting dudes <laughs> you know i know i don't know if they quite have enough um to beat the big dogs you know can if middleton can get it done but i do think the magic you know they lost jonathan isaac you know he would have been their one guy that can kind of match up Mm-hmm. You know, will help match up with with him. You know, they're they're pretty big. You know, that's the one thing Orlando is pretty big. You know, maybe they get maybe they get a game, but it'll be four or five. Mm-hmm. You can put four down for me, Preston. What about you? Yeah, same. I'll say four. Yeah, it's, yeah, I'll say four. I figured that one would have a lot of discussion. Obviously, the the last couple teams in the East are leave a lot to be desired. Um, this matchup, obviously, a little different story. Usually, the four or fives get to be pretty good. Uh, Miami is the four seed versus Indiana. Um, I'll go first again. Uh, this one I, I wanted pretty badly just to pick Indiana just because kind of rocked the boat a little bit. And Miami's kind of been a lot of people's um, sleeper pick at a, or out of the East, but just kind of looking at their most recent matchups. And I know obviously Indiana's got um, some injuries they're dealing with and not their full roster. Even though they have bubble TJ Warren, who's been lighting it up, I'm still going to probably say 
the Heat in, let's say, six. I think they can get a couple of games, but I don't think they're going to have enough to, to win it. it. Did I read the other day that T.J. Warren has plantar fasciitis? Yeah, he said, but he's he's planning on being 100% by the playoffs. I don't know how you can be with, with plantar fasciitis all of a sudden, but it, yeah, I don't know. It, if... If Indiana, you know, losing Sabonis and losing him is mm-hmm. you're not, you're just not going to get it done. But if Indiana has a healthy TJ Warren who's playing somewhat like he was, I think it's a pretty, I think it's going to be a pretty compelling series. I, I think uh, Miami, as good as everyone thinks they are at times, they're still half court offense. Yeah. Who can do anything beyond Jimmy Butler? You know, they got shooters, you know, they got defenders, but they don't really have a bunch of two way guys. You know, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to go Miami in seven, but I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a fun series. I they both they don't you like know each for other. For sure, there's going to be at least one game when Shaggy Kelly Olynyk pulls something out of his rear end and wins the game. I, there's not that I can't believe I rooted for that guy for so long. He, he just he was one of my favorite players when LeBron would get when he would get on match up on LeBron on a switch. LeBron would just <laughs> ISO every oh, time. It was the best Didn't thing ever. Stand a chance. What do you oh, think, yeah. Preston? I'll say the same, Miami and seven. I just think the, the structure they got there. Uh, Indiana's just got a lot of moving pieces. Oladipo's still working his way back. Mm-hmm. Maybe TJ Warren's not 100%. Bonus is recently gone. So if, if they were at full health, I'd probably pick the Pacers, but I'll go Miami and seven. Yeah, and I know, like, going to talk about this next matchup, and everybody knows I'm a big Celtics fan. Like, I was so torn. Do I want the Celtics to play Indiana, or do I want them to play Philly and whatnot? But obviously um, – as we'll see in this next one, um, Philly not 100%. Maybe that's the matchup they want. So the 3-6 is Boston versus Philly. Um, I'll spare everybody my um, Boston homerism till maybe another round here. But um, they've been playing pretty well. I've been, I guess, as optimistic as I could be. Just I, I'm a very cautiously optimistic fan. I hate to get my hopes up too much because they usually find a way to let them down. That's the Vikings fan in me right there. Um, but I'm going to say that even though the Celtics have absolutely no way to slow down and beat like in a one-on-one matchup, I think they're, they definitely have a lot more talent than the Sixers right now with Simmons out. And I'll say the Celts in five. I think that Philly wouldn't surprise if they got a couple, but I'd be really disappointed if this turned into a seven-game series somehow. Yeah, I... I... Almost part of me that would say in four. Like I think five is probably the right pick. I'll go Celtics in five. I the the Sixers don't have enough ball handlers. They just don't have enough depth. You know they they rely so much on Ben Simmons to to distribute the, the basketball. Um, you know they need a guy like Richardson, Josh Richardson, to go off. Mm-hmm. They need him to like become a star because they they're not gonna, they're just going to double. Not you know I know the Celtics aren't big, but they're really athletic. Yeah. And uh, you know they're gonna they're gonna cause problems with with Dublin and, and and Brad Stevens is really good at what he does and they'll have a plan to get back to shooters and I, I just don't mm-hmm. MB's gonna get frustrated and he's gonna it's gonna be a fun off season for them I think yeah no kidding a lot of a lot of changes I have a feeling all right Preston this this is your pick right here we'll see how it oh please <laughs> I know I give you a hard time. <laughs> I'm gonna say Boston in seven. I know you guys uh, talked about. I agree that the you know the ball hang is gonna be an issue. Now instead of uh, Ben Simmons, you got Shake Milton and Raul Neto. 
But, you know, you're not going to ask them to, uh, you know, score 20 a game. You're asking them to bring it up and, uh, you know, make a, an entry. I still, you know, Boston, they got the wings depth, and hopefully, you know, Kemba can play a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, so I still think Boston will win. I just think, the, you know, part of the issue with the Sixers was getting uh, Ben Simmons' strength and Embiid's strength to both, you know, match up and play at the same time. Well, now you don't have to worry about that. So I think it could be, you know, they're obviously not as good with Ben Simmons on the bench. But, you know, they, I, uh, Tatum and Brown, they're, uh, I'd rather have them for the long term. But, like, just right now, if you're playing 2K and you had the overall ratings, you're not going to want to hear this, Brendan. I think uh, Tobias Harris is just as good, if not a little better. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're talking about Philly having the best two players on the floor at, at once. But I just think, you know, Boston's depth, especially at the wing, is going to be mm-hmm. too much for them. Let's say Philly, like on paper, they're they're so talented, and even like my old man Al Horford, like I just I don't I don't pretend to be super smart and like an NBA GM, but it just wasn't didn't seem to make any sense when they signed him to the deal they did just with Embiid and whatnot. But obviously, Not we just had our first hot take. <laughs> for sure, I, I don't know. With the, Preston with the Tobias Harris is as good as. Jalen Brown and I don't know Tatum. Tatum. Tatum, the last month of the season before this shutdown was, he was starting to get my hopes up way too high. But again, obviously, he he's still to young. String it together for yeah a little longer, and we'll Jalen Jalen Brown is really impressed me. Yeah, I, I never was that. I always like saw the, the talent, but I was never like I was like I want Jalen Brown to shoot every basketball mm-hmm. for like the longest time. Like please shoot it in the playoffs because he couldn't make anything in the playoffs. Yeah, it's pressurized, right? Yeah. So if he we can see him doing the playoff. Like that's a that's a combination. Mm-hmm. I'm glad Anthony Davis did not want to go there. That's all I'm saying. Oh, not he, a bit yeah, obviously that was the that was the hope for so long. But yeah, um, yeah, and they they have plenty of talent too. And I know they've got they've flamed out pretty fast last year. But their young guys have a lot of playoff experience as well, in a sense. So be curious to see how they match up. Hopefully they get through that, and then later on. So the last matchup in the East for round one is Toronto and Brooklyn. Um, for those of you who watched last night, Brooklyn showed a lot of fire in essentially what was a winner-go-home game for their opponent, and they were a shot away from winning that. Um, Toronto, obviously, has been one of the best teams in the league this year. Defending champions, I know their roster is a tiny bit different with no quiet. makes a makes a big difference. But um, I'm going to say that one's going to be a sweep as well, say Toronto in four, and... On to the next one for him. What do you guys think? All I know is that Brooklyn is going – it'll be interesting to see what they do with, like, Joe Harris mm-hmm. and Dinwiddie. And, like, some of these guys are going to need some money. Um, but if they keep a couple of those guys with, with Kevin Durant and, and Kyrie coming back, it's kind of scary. Yeah, no kidding. Let's see if they're Kyrie be, can, can kill him like he does with – I'm salty about Kyrie still. He'll, you guys, oh, he's you he drove. He's I'm not. I don't like. It. That's the one thing we can agree about, man. He <laughs> drove, he had something great and he just left it. But uh, mm-hmm. I think probably I'll say in five. You know, I like how the Nets play. Mm-hmm. I just you know they they got a lot of still good players. Like they're not. They don't obviously have any stars. You know, Toronto. I do think Toronto. I mean, it shows you why they want to change. Like, okay, the Warriors not getting hurt last year. The Warriors probably win. But mm-hmm. Kawhi was obviously a. The, the icing on the cake, but Nick Nurse is a beast. Mm-hmm. And uh, the way that those guards play and how big they are and that Marcus Gasol is as intelligent of a basketball player as there is. And, 
You know, they got the, the veteran leadership. Like, they're, they're tough. And, I, you know, I'm going to say five. I think Brooklyn will get them in one. But Toronto's pretty impressive. Yes, they are, definitely. I'll say the same. I'll say five. Uh, you know, there's, there's something to say about, you know, being scrappy and playing with heart. It reminds me of, uh, Spence, you like this. Uh, the wrestlers that are at a basketball open gym, you know, they're going to play good defense and hustle up and down the court. And that's, that's how I play pick a ball. Give a couple hard fouls here and there. That's yeah. Yeah, That's how uh, I played pick a ball in college. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm sure uh, Coach Elke will say, you know, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. So I'll give him a game. I'll say uh, Toronto in five. And then, again, we haven't mentioned it yet at all. Obviously, the no home court and the bubble aspect of things kind of give some of those players that maybe would shy away from the moment. Maybe it seems a little different. Like, I I know every sport's like this right now with no fans, but I saw somewhere on Twitter that I'm sure I'm not a big hockey guy at all, and you guys aren't either, I'm guessing, but, like, some some goalie was saying how it just felt like an exhibition in their playoff game, and they're like, there was a big deal, everyone was freaking out. But I'm sure, like, in a sense, it's hard for some of these guys to – maybe get up like they would usually for a game when it just seems so different. That was, I, I was kind of worried about that too, but like last night kind of got that, got rid of that for me. Oh, yeah. you, you know, go back like the opening night with the Clippers and Lakers. Like it was not great basketball, but it was like intense. Yeah. And last night's game was intense mm-hmm. and you could feel it. And I think the players looked like they could feel that too, yeah, which was for sure, which was great. And I, I think the like the product on TV, like they've done such a good job of making things mm-hmm. normalized for everybody, and and whether it be pumping sound into the facility and stuff like that, it it definitely like if you're watching a game and we're just kind of like say it was on in the background, you wouldn't even notice that it was different than usual, which is awesome and fun as a fan. All right, let's. Switch over to the West. This one, a lot more interesting, a lot more um, parody. I know, obviously, we don't know for sure the eight seed yet in the West, but I'm guessing we're all probably going to be on the same page with who we think it's going to be based on what needs to happen. Um, so the 1-8 is obviously the Lakers versus probably, I would say, a 90-plus percent chance the Blazers because Memphis has to beat them twice and Memphis has kind of been reeling right now and the Blazers are hot. Um, one thing that I think the Blazers obviously, and we've talked about this before, they are not an eight seed with the current roster they have now. Obviously they were pretty banged up throughout the year and right now they're a little healthier. Um, but I don't think they have the firepower other than Lillard to even be on the same court as the Lakers, but Lillard's, a baller obviously last night we saw some of the shots he was making and he's definitely going to go out with the mentality that he's the best player on the court and there's something that can be said with that too so I would say maybe the Blazers I'll give them two games but I wouldn't be surprised if it was less than that so I'll say Lakers and six but I'm excited that should be a pretty competitive series and I think that obviously the Lakers haven't played the greatest in the bubble but LeBron's a smart guy too, and he knows what really matters. And they didn't really have a lot to play for at this point. And I'd be curious to see who steps up for the Lakers because we all know what LeBron can do. We all know what Anthony Davis can do. But obviously, it takes more than just two guys on a nightly basis to win a championship. So, what are your guys' thoughts on that one? Yeah, I, I know. I Lakers haven't been pretty, you know. I think, uh, but I do think they also know. Um, 
I'm going to trust in LeBron. He's been doing it for so long that I think they know that it, to be that locked in in that environment for that long is mm-hmm. a challenge. You see the, who've been the best players in the bubble. It's been the teams that are trying to get in. Yeah. You know, and that's like they know what they're playing for. And, you know, defensively early, Lakers looked real, like they look like they were ready to go. And then recently they've been working on their offense and they're starting, they're starting to hit shots. And so I don't I don't worry about it. Portland worries me a little just because, you know, they've been there. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not going to be they're going to come in. They're going to fight them. Um, I think the Lakers will take a game or two. That's typically how LeBron works. Mm-hmm. Like LeBron, oh, yeah. you know, LeBron's he always has some moments where you're just like, dude, you're being passive that, and then all of a sudden when he needs it, he does it. And uh, so I'll say six two. I think that's about what I'm I'm guessing. I like the I like how the Lakers match up when they're ready. They got mm-hmm. still with Crusoe, KCP, Danny Green. They got big, good defensive guards. Um, as long as they get solid contributions from those three um, offensively, just hitting shots. You know, I'm not. I'm not too worried about it because the Lakers' size down low is going to match up with Portland fine. And it's more. I think they're more athletic. Obviously, Anthony Davis is Zach Collins and Hassan Whiteside are great, but they're not matching up with him, no. and they have nobody to guard LeBron. So, mm-hmm. Melo, I love to see Melo go at it with him. You know, I think that'll be a fun. Hopefully, Melo has a game in there where he gets some vintage Melo. But uh, I'll, I'll give him six. I just the Lakers haven't been sharp enough for me to think they're just going to do it in Game One. Um, think they're going to need a game or two so mm-hmm. and i would get like especially if if portland ends up needing two games to beat memphis they've played 10 games of basically <clears throat> playoff basketball already and a that'll probably keep them pretty sharp but b i gotta imagine like the yep. mental and physical toll on them and mccollum's a little banged up and he's not one that you want at less than 100 percent if you're going to try to pull an upset off so yeah i could absolutely see in portland win game one mm-hmm. like by 15. Yeah. And everybody panicking. What's this the demise of yep. the Lakers and whatnot. And seen it before, but that's for sure. Every year. What do you think, Preston? <laughs> I'll say Lakers in five. All those exact same reasons that you guys were talking. Uh, Portland can kind of match up with Anthony, Anthony Davis, but uh, they don't have anybody for LeBron. Um, I think didn't Trevor Ariza maybe opt out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, you know, he's a little, he's a little bit washed, but at least he's a, you know, a proven defender, uh, you know, that's kind of his uh, body type. But, uh, you know, you don't ever think that uh, guys like Trevor Ariza or Raymond Rudd or Bradley like, will be the key. But mm-hmm. it might come back. So I'm going to say Lakers in five. They, last night, aren't like the Blazers' main lineup has three guards. Mm-hmm. Can't do that against the Lakers. You just can't. Like, no. LeBron's your, he's the three on deep. Like, they're going to guard him as a three. Like, who do you guard? Like, you can't do it. I can't believe you guys are hitting on Melo's defense so bad. He's just a... Uh, it's been better. <laughs> yeah. I remember, he's lost weight. He, um, earlier this year, he it's when the Celtics were playing him, there was, like, literally eight straight possessions that they just isolated him, and he just cooked them over and over and again. I'm like, oh, Melo, some things will never change. But, yeah, I'm glad, glad for him that he's been able to be a rotational player and come back and accept the role he has because he's obviously got a lot left in the tank compared to being out of the league a year ago, which is unfortunate, so... All right, next one probably might be the first one. Maybe it'll be the first one that we have a little differing opinions on, the 4-5. Um, it's Houston OKC, right? Nothing's changed from last time. I'm pretty sure yep. that those were locked in. Um, so I, just looking at this, OKC, just on pods I've listened to and things I've read, is kind of everyone's like darling pick of the West. Everyone thinks OKC's um, got a lot in there. They've obviously are a lot better than everyone thought they were going to be this year. But 
Um, Houston, whether like them or not, on the star power they have, I think that, um, again, it's whether they're making shots or not, and I, I don't see them losing in round one. So I'm going to say Houston in six in this one. Just um, as much as Spencer loves James Harden, I think that's his hero deep down inside. But I like Houston <laughs> against OKC. Hey, I, Harden's frustrating when, you're, when your team's going against mm-hmm. him. He just did the way he play. He's a yes. beast. Uh, the the way uh, he's him and Westbrook both. You know, I would I would not be disappointed to see those two win a title mm-hmm. together. Like I just it wouldn't if the Lakers didn't get it done. You know, they'd be close to the next up on the list to get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, just because they they you hear they get the same criticism LeBron does to oh, an yeah. extent. They're starting to just not quite the same degree, but it's that that's not who they are. They're not winners. So I think this is an intriguing series. Westbrook's hurt. He might not play the first few games. That's a big. Yeah. Um, that team is built around having those two on the court, one of those two all the time. They don't have any other ball handlers other than Eric Gordon, who's hurt all the damn time too. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the Thunder, Dennis Schroeder, is he coming back? I'm not sure. I'm not 100%. I know he's <laughs> he's a pest. It's funny. It's... I'm going to say Thunder in seven. I think Chris Paul's – Chris Paul is what the most – I'm not going to say he's the most. There's always guys underrated, but he is very underrated, mm-hmm. in my opinion, what people think of him. Like, yeah. the dude's a top five point guard of all time. You know, in, when he was younger, he was his handles, his passing, just the way he plays the game. It's very LeBron like. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they're probably the two best game managers in basketball. They got size. I think they got the guards to match up and play with them. Um, and, you know, I'm excited. You know, mm-hmm. I, I do think the Thunder, the yeah. way they play. Billy Donovan's good. I'm. I think the Thunder are going to get it done. Mm-hmm. I know that that was the, when I went out to Boston with my wife over spring break. We went to Celtics Thunder, and we had pretty good seats for that one. And just they, just how they played was it was fun to watch. And there, I know everyone was kind of sleeping on them in the West all year, thinking like, what are they got rid of Paul George and they got rid of Westbrook and they're blowing it up. And they obviously proved a lot of people wrong. So it's kind of fun to see them have success. All right, Preston, you're split on this one. What do you got? I'm gonna say Houston in seven, just just because the star power. They're kind of they got all their eggs in this basket. They're mm-hmm. they they want to try to win now. Whereas Oklahoma City, you know, they it's a it's a a nice you know you exactly what you'd say for like investment banking. They uh, they're winning now and they're built for the future. So it's you know it's real nice. Um, I really like that experiment, D'Antoni and. Uh, Who's the who's the I was tweeting about anti uh, Daryl Morey anti China? What's his name? Rob Daryl Morey. Yeah, yeah, I like the yeah the pace and space mm-hmm. and so many threes. So they're both great teams. I'm gonna say uh, Rockets in seven. That'll be. No, I was saying if if the Rockets win the title, D'Antoni needs a statue in the Basketball Hall of Fame. Yeah. That's it'll change how it already has kind of changed how the game's played. Just I I don't know what I was listening to, but like how basically certain players have become obsolete like the old stiff centers that if you had those guys in the 90s you were the best team in the league and now you have them and they just can't play like well that's like the Celtics with Ennis Cantor he can't stay on the floor because he can't guard a guard a chair so but it's funny how things evolve and that's sports for you so um 3-6 is Denver versus Utah um kind of interesting stuff in the bubble like i i'm not going to pretend to watch or that i watch a lot of these teams as 
religiously as I do Boston and stuff with that with enough going on. But um, like Michael Porter Jr. kind of coming out of nowhere for them and seeing the role he'll play. He's obviously like super, super talented, but we'll see what happens once the playoffs start. I think Denver's um, in this matchup going to be too much for Utah to handle. I'm not a huge Utah guy the way it is, as you'll probably see by my, by my prediction, but I'm going to go with Denver in five in this one. I think Denver is tough and Jokic is a beast, and they're just going to be they're going to be tough to beat in that first round. Yeah, no, I think Denver. We'll see how we'll see if Michael Porter Jr. can get it done when. Mm-hmm. A little different when you're in the playing games and it games. matters. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, I, like, I'm curious. He, but yeah, he shot it really well. You know, that was one thing he wasn't. He shoot it confidently, which mm-hmm. is a big thing. You know, he's obviously an extremely talented dude. You know, if he play, if he keeps playing like this, there, it's a whole different dynamic yeah. for that team. I mean, he's a mismatch. He's six ten. Like mm-hmm. him and Jokic, like they're 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 a legit threat to the West, I think. But mm-hmm. I don't. I want to see it first. Yeah. I'm going to go Denver in, in six. And I think you know Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, Gobert, those, those guys will find a way to win a couple games, make it make it compelling to an extent. But the Nuggets are deep. I think they're really well coached. And they're they're good mm-hmm. for sure. I'll say the same Nuggets the six. Uh, you know Jamal Murray coming back. They're just uh, the Nuggets. They've they've done kind of they've done it organically. You know Denver's it's kind of big, but it's not really you know an I, ideal free agent market. Mm-hmm. But they've done it through the draft. Uh, Jokic is a legit you know MVP candidate. So uh, and uh, Trent Midgard's favorite guy Monte is one of the best backup point guards in the league. So. I'll take. Uh, I think Denver's a little too good, and a little too different. I forgot. You got Niang, a, Niang versus Morris. Yeah, Iowa State matchup right there. Say if it comes down to Niang versus Morris, both teams are going to be hurting. So, be the least of their problems. Not a lot. Not a lot. Not a lot of defense going to be played. None. We didn't get an Abdul Nader shot out in the last series either, Preston. What the heck? He always. <laughs> He just comes in and tries to score. That's all he ever does. It's great. Oh yeah, he's he's one of a kind. I remember like watching him when he was a Celtic. Like, what's this guy doing in the NBA right now? He literally just I don't know. But it's good. Iowa State's had a lot of a lot of guys that are kind of right on the the brink right there, uh, doing some things. So that's awesome. Um, if you want to, if you want to see a game that's got two hot guys, I think isn't the G League doing a bubble too somewhere? So I hate. Yesterday, Celtics and Wizards were playing at 11 a.m. Utah, and it was like yeah, the, the bench warmers all playing. And when, when I saw Utah play, the only time I seen him play, he shot like eight threes and made one. I saw him. He was. I saw him take one shot yesterday, and he hit it. It was just a three in transition. Oh, nice. I'm sure that's about his. He's turned talk. into a spot up shooter. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. All right, one more round one matchup in the West. Um, this one could be a little fun. Um, Clippers are the two seed against Dallas. Um, Luca Mania has kind of taken over um, the NBA at times, but Clippers obviously going into the season were probably one of the three favorites to win the title. And again, for the most part, um, not a lot has changed with those three between them, Lakers and Bucks. But I would have to say, I think maybe Dallas will get one or two again, kind of like that Lakers series. And I'll say. Clippers and six, because they seem to, I don't know, take a game off here and there. They're not necessarily as dialed in right now either. Yeah, I think six is probably a good prediction. It's a safe one. Mm-hmm. Dallas can't guard anybody. Yep. 
like at all, and they're not going to match up with the Clippers. You know, I'm going to say five. I'm going to change it. I'm going to go okay. five. Uh, Luke is awesome. Probably my next favorite player in the league. Like when LeBron's out, I'm going to love watching Luca. Mm-hmm. He's got a little bit of Harden, a little bit of LeBron, a little bit of Larry Bird. Like he's got oh, yeah. a little bit of a lot of guys, and it's, his game is beautiful to watch. But he's just not ready. You know, he's going to get deed up by, you know, Paul George and and Kawhi. You know, he's going to have somebody on him all the time. We'll see how he handles it. Maybe he'll be ready for it. Um, the Clippers have been just chilling. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think the the Mavs can't play good enough defense to limit, you know, the, the Clippers ball movement mm-hmm. and make them, you know, a bunch of ISO guys. And I think they're going to have a field day with I mean, them. Mavs supporting cast. Like I was kind of looking at their roster too. And like, they don't like, obviously Porzingis has some small or star power to his name. And they're I'm not tiny. Even, they're just, yeah. And they're, so again, yeah, again, I think it's just a destination or the Clippers and Lakers are destined to meet in that conference finals. And, that's the epic showdown everyone's looking for. What do you think in that series, Preston? Yeah, I'll say the same for everything you said. I'll say five. Uh, the Mavs are a team of the future, but the Clippers are a team for right now. So, Okay. Yep. Awesome. So let's we'll, – we'll spend a majority of our time maybe on, like, the uh, finals matchup or conference finals. What do you guys have for your final four? We'll save the breaking down each matchup here necessarily in the conference semis. Um, the only difference we had was that OKC Houston matchup. Um, Spencer picked OKC and Preston and I picked Houston. Otherwise, we all had the same conference semis matchup. I'm going to say my final four will be the Lakers and Clippers in the West, and then I think I'm gonna I'm gonna be that optimism again. I'll say the Celtics beat the Raptors. They find a way to beat them somehow, and then obviously the Bucks. So that's my final four. What do you guys think for your final four? Yeah, I'll go uh, Lakers Clippers. I think Denver's gonna give the Clippers a series. Mm-hmm, I agree. Um, I don't think the Thunder will give the Lakers much. Uh, East, I'll go Bucks. Um, Bucks and that's that's the tough one. I think that's by far the big second round matchup is the Raptors and Celtics. I'm kind of torn, but I'm gonna go Toronto. Yeah, that it's tough to pick against them with like their whole whole season of work and just everything. I think they're they're just big. Mm -hmm. You know, they're gonna get Celtics just. I think they match up well. An underrated thing too. Like I'm I'm not sure the exact timing of it, but as bipolar in a sense as Gordon Hayward's played he's been pretty good in the bubble and he's probably not going to be there for that series and I think that's gonna mm. take a lot out of their rotation and he does a lot of a lot of maybe not stat stuffing necessarily but he does a lot of little things kind of to he's kind of that essentially fourth option for them and he's actually yeah. for a max guy obviously not what you're looking for but does a lot of the little things that make a pretty good difference so obviously gonna hurt not having him unfortunately and that could very well be the difference right there. Preston, what about you for your final four? Yeah, I'll say the two L.A. teams in the West, and then uh, I like Toronto and Milwaukee in the East. Uh, you guys, uh, you, you, you know, uh, you, you keep your ear to the, to the grindstone if you know exactly what's going on. Um, if there were two teams that might sneak in, I'd say Denver in the West mm-hmm. and Boston in the East. But uh, 
Um, you know, for the, for the exact same reason, a lot of young players that just keep getting better. Like, you know, Mike Porter Jr. has came out uh, uh, and, you know, stepped his game up. And then, you know, Jamal Murray come back from injury. He's a young guy. And then with Boston, with their wing players getting better. Mm-hmm. So if, if uh, somebody else were to sneak in, I'd say it'd be those two. But I think just the, the, there is a, a tier one in each uh, conference, yeah. and it's got two teams in it. So mm-hmm. I hate to go chalk, but uh, it's kind of kind of what it looks like if to me. If there ever is a, is a sport or league that seems to go chalk, it is that NBA usually. Like it's, it's very hard yeah. for the underdog to win a seven-game series, whereas obviously the football one-game thing, anything can happen. It just yep. talent usually prevails in the NBA, and I think that's – maybe a reason why a lot of people maybe don't like it as much because there isn't as much parody, but at the same time, it's crazy seeing some of the things these guys do. So we have our final four set for the most part, pretty similar. Um, let's talk about the East, I guess, first, since I'm guess we'll have a little more discussion about the West. Um, my matchup Celtics bucks. I think the bucks are on a mission. Like Spencer said earlier, um, Giannis is crazy. I know the game changes a little bit in the playoffs, but he's obviously one of the, best players in the league and just a freak and and Chris Middleton always kills the Celtics anyways like no matter what he just torches them and as much as I'd love to see the Celtics playing and I guess it'd be October now I think the finals are slated for maybe late September early October I think the Bucks are um, far and away the favorite in the east and I think they have one of the best point differentials like of all time right now and there's a reason for that they're pretty good so I'll say Bucks pretty easily no matter who they match up against who do you guys got coming out of the east yeah i i think box i don't know if the celtics can match up with Giannis. No, not a chance or seven games you know you can catch him in a regular season game where you can have a nice good defensive scheme to get him but in a seven game playoff series where they get the focus on you they don't have the size i don't think inside of I don't know if the Robert Williams thing is uh, they're trying to get some more athleticism down there, what they're trying to do. He's not that big. Um, I'll say Bucks and Bucks and six. You know, I think I think that's where that's heading. What do you got, Preston? I'll say Bucks and okay, six. Well, well, I was thinking no, no, on the Celtics. Oh, I got you, the Raptors. You got the Raptors over the Bucks. Yeah, I was, I was. I was thinking. Yeah. I was. I was still down the lens of your your yeah. matchup. All right. Uh, completely. Yeah, it changes things right. a little bit. Raptors and Bucks. Yeah, no, I might have a different thought on that one. I was thinking Celtics for some. I was just zoned in on it. Um. All right. Well, Raptors and, and Bucks. I'll still go Bucks. I'll still probably do Bucks and six. I'm gonna go with it. I just think when it comes down to it, I do think the Raptors match up really well with the Bucks, like extremely well. They're big, big front line. Mm-hmm. You got Marcus all calling out your defense. You know, I think that stuff is is invaluable. You know, Nick Nurse, those guys are good, but I just don't see enough. I don't see anybody. Siakam's good. Lowry's good, but half court offense could be an issue for the for the Raptors when it matters. I'll say Bucks in uh, seven. I think uh, Toronto had a great rental last year. You know, try to get back, build a wall, make uh, Giannis make decisions in the half court. Obviously, they don't got the primary defender, Kawhi, anymore. But they between, you know, uh, OG Ananobi, Stockham, they got plenty of bodies they can throw at them. So I think Toronto will make it tough. That plus they're just a really solid team. Everybody knows their role, plays it well. 
Um, I just think, uh, you know, Giannis being probably the MVP, you know, kind of at the, at the prime of his career, athletic, he, he can do, you know, he can, he can play any position, guard any position. And then the supporting cast is real decent too. Hopefully, you know, Bledsoe comes back and can be effective because even though he's really not their top option, I think there's a big drop off between him and Archie Diakono when he comes in. So I'll say Bucksy in seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I again, I think coming into the season, every, honestly, the Raptors are a lot better than I think everyone thought they were going to be. Like everyone assumed Kawhi was gone and, oh, they're going to really step back. But credit to, like Spencer said, Nick Nurse and the culture he's instilled there. But the Bucks are. Bucks are on another level, so. All right, the dreaded L.A. showdown. I think this is one that as soon as Kawhi signed with the Clippers um, and Anthony Davis got traded to the Lakers, this is the one that everyone just thought was inevitable. Um, I don't think a lot has changed. Both teams have acquired some minor pieces in the process, but um, overall it's going to come down to um, what LeBron does, what Kawhi does, and then um, see what happens. I... I'm a self-proclaimed Laker hater. I think we all know that. Um, that stems mainly from my Celtics love, and I obviously got sick of LeBron kicking the Celtics butt over the course of the last decade, too, so I'm not not a huge LeBron guy. Obviously, you can't deny how talented he is and the impact he makes um, on every aspect of the game. I think that um, Anthony Davis is going to be a matchup nightmare for the Clippers. They don't necessarily have the most size in the world um, as scrappy as Montrez Harrell is he's not on his level or even close and um I know it's kind of um the the easy or popular pick to make they didn't do a lot to address their big guy issues at the deadline um but I'm gonna just have to go with my heart here and probably against my better judgment and I'm gonna say the Clippers in seven in this one even though um Nothing really would surprise me in this series. I think that a lot of a lot of craziness could happen. I could see the Lakers winning pretty easily. I could see. I think if the Clippers win, it's going to be a long series. I think if the Lakers win, they can win it in five or six. But we'll see what happens. What do you guys think? Yeah, no, I think the Clippers are going to be the popular pick. Uh, I think just the the star power if you will that they have you know they have more guys that you know you can count on i think that is something i i can't disagree with that um but you know i do believe in my guy you know when 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 you got two evenly matched teams i'll take lebron more often than not i think it's kind of held true for the last however long um then you give him anthony davis you know i think anthony davis much as i do love lebron i think anthony davis at his best is probably the best player in the world Mm mm-hmm both sides of the ball. I just don't, you just, he's got everything you need. And, uh, you know, he's just not a great creator. You know, I think that's the one thing that they've been working on a lot in the bubble. I think when teams double making plays out of it, similar to Giannis, like that's mm-hmm. been that, you know, obviously is big and him being with LeBron, like that's what LeBron has made a career out of. Um, you know, I think has been, is going to be really good. And, uh, you know, who is the other guy, you know, Kuzma has been really good in the bubble. Like he's starting to look like he has some confidence Usually he drives me nuts. Um, just doesn't know. Doesn't look like he knows how to play basketball. Sometimes you're just like, "What are you doing?" But he's he's been playing really good on ball D, and uh, you know, offensively looks confident. If they can get a couple guys every night, you know, to to, to hit their shots, 
and to, to play great defense. And I think that's when it comes to the – like I already mentioned it earlier. I think Caruso, Danny Green, and KCP are all really good defenders. They're big. They're scrappy. They're smart. Um, and they all have enough offensive game to keep you honest, mm-hmm. um, which is all you need with, with LeBron and AD with all the attention that they're going to give. And then I like their size. You know, I think they can play big. They can play small. You know, they can do a lot of different things with their lineups. And, uh, you know, I'm going to go Lakers and Lakers and seven. I do think it's a long series. You know, I, I do worry as much as I love LeBron. Uh, he's going to have to play against great defense, mm-hmm. you know, great defensive wings all game long. But the nice thing about Anthony Davis is you pretty much have to focus your offensive attention to him every time he touches the ball, which I think is something LeBron's never really seen. Yeah. You know, he's never had that in his career, even with Kyrie and Dwayne, like D Wade wasn't quite the same guy as that thing went on. And then Kyrie was still just a kind of one dimensional dude where Mm -hmm. Anthony Davis is no one can guard him. Yeah. So Uh, it's gonna be fun you know i'm not i'm not gonna say i'm confident with it yeah i'm gonna believe my guy and ride with him but Mm -hmm. clippers are they might have a little more of a bubble roster too a bunch of dudes that just go play pick up ball and go play Mm -hmm. so got got my boy marcus morris too i forget about that yeah well yeah he run (laughs) eats him up every game that's why i was like i love that matchup but i do think the one thing the lakers done a good job of is turn them into an iso team they don't have a lot of playmakers on the Clippers. They don't have a point guard. Mm-hmm. They want to score first guys. And I think, you know, you can force them to play a lot of iso ball and it kind of gets them out of rhythm. And that's something the Lakers have had success with for most of the games. Are you going to have any – think there's going to be any J.R. Smith moments in the bubble? Uh, no. Has he played Maybe. much? I honestly haven't not, watched Not him. in that series, mm-hmm. I don't think. You know, him and Deion Wade, like, I think Waiters will have more moments. Yeah. You know, he's Deion talented. Dries, he, he's just a nutcase. He just, yeah. You know, I, I, but he's still, he misses rotations on D. Like, he's not, he hasn't been there that long. It's not mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? So I'm not, but you get in a playoff series and you, you're locked in on one team. It's a little different. Mm-hmm. And the thing, those guys, all they have to do is have a big three minutes here or there and they can make yeah. a big difference in the series. So what do you got in the West, yep. Preston? Who's your pick? I got the same as Spencer. I got the the uh, Lakers in seven. Uh, this could go either. This could go either way. So you know, I'm not uh, like I said, not real confident. But I think uh, up and down the roster, the Clippers are probably deeper. But as you guys know, whatever postseason it is, whether it's March Madness or whatever, the rotation shrinks, so depth becomes less of a mm-hmm. a factor. Um, I think LeBron and Kawhi are great players in the league, and Paul George is great. He's an All Star. But I think Anthony Davis is just a tier above, you know, in that MVP conversation, like if he ever did play a full season. Mm-hmm. But uh, so I think the Clippers have a little – sorry, the Lakers have a little more star power. The Clippers are a little bit deeper. When push comes to shove, you know, the back's against the wall this late in the uh, postseason, you know, you're going to try everything you can, throw out the kitchen sink and, you know, play LeBron a few more minutes than he normally would, have him guard, player, you know. To, and if it's a regular season game, maybe you have – LeBron guarding Patrick Beverly to give him a break on offense. But now you're going to see LeBron guarding Paul George and Kawhi more often because it's, you know, win or go home. So I'm going to pick – it could go either way. I'm going to pick the Lakers in seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, it's it's about probably as tough of a matchup to pick. It's a coin toss. A lot of people might think they know, but until the, the game's uh, actually Basketball's happen. fun again. Mm-hmm. There's oh, actually yeah. some intrigue. Like even last year, Warriors don't get hurt. No one's beating them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's first time in a while. There's some, actually, 
For wonder sure. who's going to win. There's some, there's some interesting things going on with the Clippers. You know, Montrez Harrell had to leave for a funeral, and uh, Lou Williams left to go get some chicken wings or something. So <laughs> even though the, the that series is still a couple weeks away, it's like, are they really that, you know, locked up? Yeah. It seems like they're, they're not as concentrated as they could be, you know? Mm-hmm. No yeah. And that's the thing. Like it's, I I don't know. Obviously, they have have pretty nice um, facilities and whatnot, but it's so different than what those guys are used to for their lifestyle. And see, uh, over the course of a few months, that's got to be. I know they're obviously their families get to come after round one or something, don't they? But it's still just a lot different for what they're what they're used to. So we'll see if that makes an impact too. All right, the finals. So you guys both have Bucks and Lakers. I have Bucks and Clippers. Um, I'm guessing we're all probably going to be, eh, maybe not, on the same page here. I think, I think regardless, the West is going to have the champion this year. I don't think the Bucks, as good as Giannis is, I don't think they have enough around him to, to beat either the Lakers or Clippers. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I'd like to see somebody from the East win, but I'm going to have to say the Clippers in six for my finals prediction. Um, just as good, as good as Giannis is. Who's gonna step up around him? I don't. I know Middleton's obviously an All Star, but I just he seems to disappear at times, maybe. And I don't trust Eric Bledsoe and the Lopez boys and whatnot. So I think the West is gonna have the champion this year, and that'd be Clippers for my pick. Yeah, for as much as I was just talking about what I think of Toronto's front line against Giannis. They match up well. I think the, nobody matches up with Giannis like the Lakers. Mm-hmm. And you got Anthony Davis and LeBron and Dwight, even JaVale and Marcus Morris or Markeith Morris now. I think he's another big body. They have a lot of big, strong dudes in length that, you know, defensively they're going to cause issues. I, I think Lakers get through the Clippers. It's going to be Lakers in five. Mm-hmm. You know, I just don't – I don't see the Bucks getting it done no. like Giannis is going to have to pass through a lot of size and make a lot of decisions and then uh, I've already seen the Bucks try and guard LeBron this year they don't have anybody because mm-hmm. they have to Giannis has to guard AD like what do you you know you can't yeah. can't guard both they don't they just don't have it mm-hmm. well this, I guess this is going to be the second take, and I'm going to take Milwaukee in seven uh, wow. I just think uh, you know Giannis entering this is his you know, he's he's always got enough experience where he kind of knows the ins and outs, has a good IQ, but yet he's still young enough where he can, you know, play at a high level for, uh, you know, seven games in a row. Um, like we talked about before, the sporting cast isn't bad. Um, you're going to see, like, you, it's the it's the playoffs, so they're, all the stops are going to be pulled. So I could see Giannis guarding both LeBron and AD and one or the other if, you know, if the Lakers have a, uh, a roster on the floor where they just have one. Um, I don't think you guys are giving enough credit to uh, boys and stuff. They can, you know, they're not, they're not going to be able to stay in front of AD on the perimeter, you know, but they're not terrible. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you uh, are playing against the Lakers, that's where you want Anthony Davis. You know, if you, if you had to pick your poison, you want him shooting threes rather than in the post or the mid range. So mm-hmm. it's going to be, I, I'm going to say in seven, it's going to be a hard fought. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers won, but if you had to pick, I'm going to say Milwaukee in seven. Obviously, yeah. If I had if I had to choose a team to win and root for, we all know who that would be. But my probably my second second I'd like to see win would be the Bucks. I um, think that they, the way they play is kind of fun to watch, and 
nice to see somebody from the East win it other than LeBron. I don't think how long's it been since someone from the East probably been since the Celt- all the Magic I guess made the finals, but no one from the East has won it since Celtic. Oh well, yeah, last year the oh, Raptors, the Raptors won. Jesus, <laughs> my gosh, I forget about everything. Holy cow! Yeah, anyways, but obviously it's a, a West dominant league right now and. As we saw by those play-in games and how it came down to the last day yesterday, just for a reason. I would like to see the Suns get a chance to get in. That was kind of the way they've been playing. It's fun too, but yeah, a lot of basketball talk. But it's nice to have sports back. Nice to have actually something to talk about other than favorite TV shows and the weather and whatnot. It's nice to have a little normalcy. Preston taking the box. I, hey, it's not like it's out of left field. I honestly, I thought once he was talking a little bit about the Bucks earlier, I'm like, Preston's going to pick the Bucks. So I was like, I think we're all going to be in the same boat. But I'm like, oh, wait, I think Preston <laughs> might, might be the one that bucks the trend, so to speak, essentially. So. Well, it's nice that we all, I mean, three of us have three different picks. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's, that hasn't happened in a long time. No, so. exactly. I'd say it was a foregone conclusion. The Warriors were going to I do be, think. I do think the Bucks are they they've definitely supported Giannis better than like LeBron was his first years in Cleveland, but mm-hmm. it's a similar situation to me. I just every time Middleton plays in a big game, he just doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And you know, I do think you're right, their front line is pretty underrated. You know, the Lopez brothers are both pretty good. Brooke Lopez has turned into a really good defender. Mm-hmm. You know, but I just those guys can't guard on the perimeter. And you know, both AD and LeBron can take you off the dribble. And, uh, you know, that's what LeBron does, man. He hunts matchups. He t- he, he shrinks your rotation in the playoffs because you can't play that many guys against him. You know, he did it against the Clippers that first game, you know, finding, getting Lou Will and getting Patrick Beverly matched up on him and Marcus Moore, you know, that's what he does. And that's how those, that's how the Lakers have played. So I do, it'll be interesting. You know, I don't, I don't think it's a bad matchup. I just I don't know if Giannis is going to be able to just go and dominate. Mm-hmm. So it'll be fun, fun couple of months. Hopefully, nothing crazy happens where they have to shut stuff down and whatnot. But I think that they've got a good system going down there. Hopefully, this this finishes out because I know we've got a lot of a lot of fun basketball to watch. Let's do this again sometime and switch gears to the to the MJ LeBron debate and whatnot. That'd be that'd be some fun. I think. Get these guys going. Time to prepare on that one. I gotta have some notes. Yeah, you bet. Well, thanks a lot, guys. It was fun. What'd you say? Sorry, it cut out. He had to he did have to for the password for this Zoom have to admit MJ is better than LeBron, so that's I guess we all know the answer. I didn't have to no, no, I didn't have to type password in. Oh, you didn't? Oh, nice. No. Well, no password. They knew. They knew. <laughs> they knew the answer to the real question. Fun stuff. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate it. Helped make my day go a little quicker here. Fun to, fun to talk and kind of just dive into sports. And not only that, obviously, you guys talked about your past at NK and whatnot. So thanks for taking time out of your day. Hopefully, you guys have a good weekend, and um, we'll have to do it again soon. Oh, thanks for having me. You bet. Always a pleasure. I'll see you boys on the group chat. Yeah. Take it easy, yeah. guys.